You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Dean Lin, Managing Director of Trusted Media. As Dean has spent over 10 years in marketing, in today's talk, we're talking about agency burnout and how fast-paced company cultures can impact our well-being. So let's get started. Hi, Dean, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give us an introduction to yourself and your experience with company culture. Uh, to introduce myself, um, probably been in, in the industry for around 15 years now um, in kind of uh, marketing and business development, uh, a mix of like working in-house for, for businesses uh, and then all the way up to like different agencies and then actually my own company. Um, kind of experience this company culture. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, so <laughs> early years, uh, I would say when I was a lot younger, um, company culture uh well that's when i started in house and actually working in small teams and it was um i suppose it was it was a bit weird at start if i'm honest for my working career because i was contracted as a designer uh for a particular company uh, um and i suppose there wasn't really much of a culture other than kind of get in do your tasks go home um, there wasn't really much of an engagement um, with them in any personal level. There wasn't really much of uh, discussions of how you're getting on and discussing particular things about the job or myself or my goals or what I wanted to achieve in life. It was just, it literally was a hard transaction of do your job, go home, get paid. That's literally it. There was no other engagement. Um, but I suppose as the years go on, um, uh, another in-house role that I, uh, I worked in as a as a marketing manager um, was particularly interesting. Uh, quite a uh, it was a larger company than before. Um, the culture was my nickname was Louis Farou, um because <laughs> apparently I looked like him, um, and that's my first engagement as I walked in for my interview um, was we're going to call you Louis, which was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I suppose if um, if I didn't have a strong character, I suppose that would be quite intimidating. Um, but um, I suppose I, I didn't particularly mind that myself. I think it, um, but it, as looking at it back now, I think, yeah, actually, that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> um, but company culture, yeah. yeah, but like the culture of that was, um, I think, uh, again, very old hat. Um, it was tiers of management um lots of different chiefs in the room sort of thing it wasn't really much doers um i suppose back then i was definitely classed as a doer so um a lot of management were it would come across that they would quite aggressive constantly always coming in saying oh you know louis do this louis do that um it wasn't anything kind of engaged they didn't really um check in with me except for one individual actually um he was a sales director and he could see the talent whenever i come up with ideas for these particular problems that we kept on facing um with the website 
um, and especially our targeting with our marketing, he was really interesting to sit there and have a conversation, like um, to discuss the problems in a more collaborative mindset. Um, but that job didn't last long because um, unfortunately I just got not itchy feet, but because I didn't really, again, get my ideas listened to. Um, not saying that every idea that I came up with was amazing and would have saved the company and all that sort of stuff, but just didn't feel like I was heard, um, which I suppose to anybody could be quite difficult um, in those situations, especially in such a key role to growing your business. Um, just didn't feel like I was heard at all. Again, back to the doer, like just do as you're told, come in and go home don't really have an opinion um and then coming on yeah i mean coming on to agency life which was interesting um which is where it gets really interesting because i suppose they dangle the carrot of company culture of hey we have a pool table <laughs> and yeah. a couple of bean bags and we have a playstation and stuff like that and i was like at the start don't get me wrong it it, it seemed like an amazing thing um because I hadn't worked in a company that had those things. So actually it was cool and it was different. Um, but again, um, I suppose still full of ego massively. I think a lot of agencies suffer with this is they, the leadership is very ego driven. So, um, I won't name the agency that I was at, but it was particularly, um, I felt like the, the the particular person running the company was very blindsided in the sense that he didn't he didn't have the right probably management team around him to support him. So he I could tell that he was burning out from an experience of like not sure like what was going on with teams all the time. Uh, would come in a bit heavy heavy handed into meetings and a bit like aggressive. And you know there was a there's a special particular particular instance where um when i got into management there myself um i was managing a team of uh, a considerable number of people and when i pushed the idea of that we need to do monthly check-ins with one-to-ones with all the staff it was like it was like oh no that's not your job that's hr and um we we don't feel that that's a good idea because you're not trained in, in, I suppose, talking to people in that way. And I said, all I'm doing is just checking in how they're doing. That was the key thing is yeah. how you're doing, how literally that one question would open up the floodgate sometimes. And that was important because they felt that management was, um, I suppose, approachable. Um, yeah. I think that's the key thing as well, is that if your management isn't approachable, then how can you, how can you can I connect with, can I, how can you connect with the company and its vision? Because, Absolutely. you know, again, these members of staff, like I felt when I was working in other companies, I just felt like, actually, I was a silo. I didn't get checked in with. I just, I was expected to be there a certain time and do certain tasks. And I didn't want that for my team. I just felt like that wasn't right. Mm. Um, so it was, a, I would tell you, it was a hard battle because it took about three months to actually integrate just sitting down one-to-one with staff I, wow. I think one <laughs> I think one time actually I just did it and yeah I just didn't get the um uh, I got that kind of approach of why are you bringing everyone in one-to-one and I was like well I'm starting these one-to-one sort of thing because I feel like I need to 
understand where there's certain problems that keep happening in the team. You know, um, I didn't, didn't, I personally didn't know what the issues were because it was a fairly large team and I was just getting to grips with the company myself. Um, so actually the only way I could do that is just have one-to-ones and just ask the question of how you're doing. Um, you know, talk about some work stuff, but also talk about a little bit of personal, like, you know, uh, what you like to do, you know, get to know these individuals. And, um, it was amazing because, you know, there'd be people in the team that would, um, like love to write poetry and I'll be like, wow, I didn't even know that about you. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, I go to the, this festival in, uh, Glasgow and I stand on the stage. I was like, Oh, that's actually quite a popular festival. I've heard of that sort of thing. And, you know, it was really interesting to get to know some of the staff. Um, but then again, management stepped in and this is where I kind of griped to me is right. Um, you've got 40 quid to take your 15 members of staff out and they've all got to pay as well to go bowling. And it was a bit like, what, what, like, yeah. how about we sit down and discuss this with our team, what we want to do? And why don't we set a budget of discussing with our people? Don't force like, like, like engagements with the team. Why do we enforce it on different people? Absolutely. Um, Definitely. So to sum it up, really, I've experienced quite a few ends of it. Um, yeah, sounds like yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, in-house and agency kind of life. Um, but yeah, completely different different styles of management but it was i suppose experiences been very varied um yeah. but, but not so much positive i don't think i've had a real like oh my gosh this company's got it right and yeah. i think that's a i think that's quite an alarming factor um you know that i've never experienced i've gone into a company uh, or worked with a worked in a company and gone wow this is amazing like how do you do it you know I, i've yeah. never I've never experienced that um not saying is it possible but you know yeah, i'm absolutely. sure um i'm sure we can discuss that in more detail but i just think um <laughs> it just i have had a very um varied experience of of cultures in companies absolutely sounds like it and i think it gives you a really good idea as well obviously being a managing director of your own agency it gives you an idea of what you want it to be and what you don't want it to be and i think it's good to have those broad experiences so that you can build something that you know feels right to you yeah absolutely i think yeah i think the key part there is well, i'm never going to get it right 100% of the time but from experience which is what i can go by and obviously um, listen to other people that have spoke about it openly and try my best. You know, I think that's Absolutely. the thing. I think being aware of it, being aware of myself at times, being aware of others, I think that's the key part of building a culture, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. So today, Dean, we're discussing how poor culture leads to burnout specifically. I know I've certainly felt exhausted and overwhelmed from working in a poor company culture. But what's your experience of, of reaching burnout? Oh, gosh. Um, OK, I'll be 110 <laughs> percent honest. Um, there's a couple of exa- good examples, actually, because I think I've experienced it probably three times in the last 15 years which is probably wow. really 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 bad actually um i'll talk about one uh, agency that i worked for um at the time it was quite a difficult time personally for my life um i was going through a lot of a lot of change personally and um 
the company itself, again, this is where I was management, bearing in mind I've been working there for at least a year and a half. Um, uh, I was in management, like I say, management myself. And the company wasn't supportive at all of what I was going through. Um, I had to take some a small amount of time off, um, uh, for, like I say, for these personal reasons. And I ended up, um, this sounds really bad, but I ended up getting a really, really reduced pay packet one month to the point where I was like fuming. I was angry. I was dis- disappointed. Uh, bear in mind, I only had two weeks off. And wow. And it was quite major, the experience I was going through. And this has actually happened twice, but this particular one really angered me because I thought, if this is how you treat your management, then how does your management treat your staff? Like, you know, and I thought, I was just like, you know, the answer was, oh, well, you haven't been working for two years, so you don't get this particular type of pay. And I was like, I think, (laughs) I'll be totally honest. My answer was, well... I tell you what, <laughs> I'll, I'll write a short letter to you and I won't longer be working for you. And it blew up, like it really blew up because um, then it was, you know, the whole backtrack of, oh, well, no, you're appreciated and, you know, let's discuss a, you know, a plan now to keep you on board and, you know, you're, you know, you're valued, you know, your staff love you, you know, we really appreciate what you're doing the changes that you put in is really good. And, you know, I mean, it was a whole like, mm. oh, now I'm going to be, I'm going to suffer because this I'm leaving. So actually, how yeah. do I keep, how do I keep you? And it, I hate that. I hate the fact that it gets to that. It shouldn't ever get to that with any no, individual no. in the team. Like, because you should do the regular check-ins. Like, Absolutely. Then you know how I'm feeling about particular things. And you know that how important every penny that period of time would have meant for me you know and I thought like oh you and I think that was the big the big thing was um it broke my trust to that person so I was like how can I work for someone I don't trust and I think that's the big thing is not a lot of people well I I suppose I was very not stupid but I was just like no I suppose I was just like I I can't work for you anymore I don't care if I can't find another job right now but I'm not going to work with you anymore. So I'm going to hand my notice in. And I did pretty much the day after hand my notice in. And uh, they were shocked. They were very, very shocked. Um, And I think it was because, again, they didn't, they just, I I felt really, really low. Um, I I felt like I had like burnt, I, I felt burnout because I'd put so much heart and soul into actually building something that I really enjoyed being around the people, uh, really enjoyed the, the the stuff we were doing for our clients. I just really enjoyed the culture itself because I thought we were onto something. Um, mm. But because my trust was broken with management, I was like, "Gosh, like, gosh, yeah." You know that was that was that was key. Uh, I think that was that was that was it for me. It was it was trust that got broken. That really, yeah. I mean, there was another example that's quite similar. Um, again, you know, fast forward in a good few years. Um, you know, a similar experience again, that it was all related to pay, which is really interesting. Um, that again, management in, um, you know, management in the company. And again, I went through another experience where I was like, uh, money was really important for that period of time where I had to take off a period of time off. And again, just 
you know, the pay packet comes in, no, no conversation about it. It was just yeah. the pay packet would come in and I'd go, ah. Oh. And then when I question it, I'm wrong to question it. Like, and I was yeah. like, what? This is, what, what is wrong with this society? I'm not abuser. Like I'd work, I'd, I don't get paid overtime. You know, I'd put my heart and soul into something, you know, I would go the extra mile when not asked. You, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you think just yeah. all I'm asking for is sometimes it was a couple of hundred quids and you think for a company the size, if it can't just pay management this couple of hundred quid or anybody this couple of hundred quid, then we're in a bigger problem. We've got a bigger problem yeah. than, than we think we have. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I know that's quite, quite a, a particular situation for myself. And both times um, it has been related to pay. Um, uh, and it has been in, in the agency environment, funny enough. Um, it, it is, I think you're, you're expected and demanded upon. And I think there's too much red tape sometimes these particular man- that these particular companies put in play where I think, gosh, just understand these people of who they are and then treat them how they should be treated. Don't, yeah. don't, don't spiel out red tape or, oh, that's policy. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I think that just kills, that kills the culture and that kills trust. You know. Yeah, it kills the human element of getting to know your colleagues and getting to know the people that are around you and working for you as well. It's it's quite disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And something the pay is quite, especially in the culture. I, I suppose most people would experience have experienced something similar, but I think it's quite a vital thing. Like the second you start playing around with someone's pay and not communicating it until it's happened, it's dreadful. Yeah, you know, that's, that's just dreadful. Um, yeah, because you're playing with people's livelihoods then, and that's that is you know a, a big concern for people. You know that they, they expect a certain amount, and if you've not had an open and honest discussion about it in the first place, then you're going to leave people perhaps in financial dire situations, and and that needs to be communicated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It does. I mean, I've seen key people leave organisations ultimately due to poor culture or poor leadership. As they say, what's the straw that breaks the camel's back? What is it that makes people finally say they've had enough? I mean, I know you've touched a lot on pay, but do you think it is just ultimately pay that it comes down to, or do you think it's a combination of things? Uh, no, I think it's not pay. I think it's. I think it comes down to a couple of things from my experiences, a lack of trust uh, and abuse of power. I think they're the two things that have been apparent in my experiences. I'm sure there's many more, but I think it's if you can't trust the people that are not above you, but that run the company, whether that's management or not, but if the leaders of that company, you can't trust or you don't believe in their vision um, or they, they, they abuse you in a way that is, like I always say, is continuously dangling the carrot. Like I, that really mm. frustrates me with my whole career of working for others. They continuously, here's a carrot, but keep, keep, you know, pushing forward, try and keep biting forward because, you know, you're going to be here and there's, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And I'd probably say sometimes it happens, but 70% of the time it doesn't. And I think mm. people just get to that point where they're like, why do I bother? You know, yeah. <laughs> genuinely, I think Absolutely. actually. The green's got the grass has got to be greener somewhere else. Um, yeah, and I think I think it comes down to abuse and trust. I think trust once that's broken, you kind of like you you build up a guard, 
and you you only say the right things just because you're trying to please them. Um, yeah. So so then that limits the communication, that limits trust. It, it yeah. creates barriers and bridges. So then you think, well, I'll only do this because actually they don't appreciate me. So I won't go the extra mile next time. And, you know, it's simple things like, I've seen it in other in cultures where it's like people just you know simple things where they just don't do the washing up on the kitchen and then that causes a big gripe or you know it leads to simple things or 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 they'll just be like well you know they'll have a, a discussion about a brief for a client and certain people just sit there silently because they're just requested to be in a meeting but they used to contribute but they don't anymore and they just slowly slowly slip out and then suddenly it's like bang they're gone you think well what happened yeah. Yeah. It'll be because six months ago, because the boss said this and because they didn't have the, you know, the monthly one-to-ones or, or the check-in with the employee, they just, they've let it fester and fester and fester and they've not, they've not been approachable and then suddenly it's gone. You know, that's from my experience anyway. I think that's, but that's big for me. I think if, if I can't trust someone that I work with, then how can it work? Uh, It's, it's, it's like any relationship, isn't it? You know, let's not just segment work. It's with any relationship. If you're, if you're going to be abused of your of your of your character and who you are, and you can't trust, then how can it work? <laughs> Absolutely, no, I completely agree, and I think you're right. You know, it's a, a disengager. Some something really small can happen. It doesn't even have to be as as big or as personal as pay, but it could be something really small, like you say. And then that person gradually becomes more disengaged with the company, with the culture, and before you know, it, you've lost someone that was perhaps a key member of staff because they're just no longer interested in dedicating themselves to the organisation. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think, and I'm sure loads of other people have experienced the same sort of things maybe just related to those topics of of trust and abuse in some manner and like you say it's not always pay but you know it's just it's quite sad really isn't it <laughs> very sad because you think that it's actually just essentially leaders not listening and not communicating and not giving trust and respect to people you know we're all adults within the workplace um and and we should be able to have these open conversations and and treated like adults it shouldn't have to to lead to these awkward conversations people leaving you know it's having that awareness and that consciousness of your own company culture and and the people within it that Mm. ultimately needs to happen yeah so you currently run a marketing agency dean um i have Mm. experience with working within these fast-paced environments they can be incredibly demanding and pressured how do you think we can improve the cultures in such fast-paced workplaces to ensure we're not pushing people to the edge very very good question um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think yeah, that's what I mean. I'm struggling with my own words. It's that difficult sometimes. I think the point is, 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 is transparency and communication. Um, I think, you know, a lot of um, fast-paced environments usually comes down to not, not communicating right with their clientele. Um, I don't think they set communication plans correctly, um, like regular check-ins, because they, they, we, we fall into that trap, I think, is in, in this industry, especially of becoming a yes man. We, we want mm. to do everything for our clients. You know, someone says, I want this now. And we'll go, yeah, sure. Because we don't want to feel like we, we miss out on something. Um, 
we we fall into the trap of not touching base with our clients regularly. Um, and I think that runs across the board of any fast paced industry is that if like, for instance, myself, like, you know, when we, when we have big projects on, we have good communication with our clients, like regular check-ins and, you know, every brief and every project that we worked on hands up, we've always had roadblocks because of something that we're doing, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is bespoke. So we are going to hit roadblocks, but the, 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 what I found especially is, is, is open discussion about the problem with the client breaks mm. down the barrier of like, you know, we're not, we're not robots. We're not going to crack everything from straight away. And I think it's that setting that expectation of saying to clients of transparency, we're transparent with how we get on. When we hit a problem, let's jump on a call, let's discuss, or let's meet face to face, let's brainstorm this out, let's discuss potential ways, or I've seen this and what about this, you know. It really creates a positive environment. And then what you get at the end of it is like, wow, that was a really good session. And the client feels more connected to you because you are human at the end of the day and you are going to have these particular things that come up. So I think it's open communication, transparency, um, and setting barriers as well. Um, you know, this has been a hard thing for me to setting because I've never had to do it in, I suppose, any of the history of agencies or creative industry uh, companies that I've worked for is setting barriers of, of, okay, the phone calls are gated. Like a PA will answer it and we will make sure that, you know, key questions are asked, um, the, the, the team is gated so that they won't get calls coming inbound to their, to their actual desk phone because they're distracted. You know, that sort of thing is creating a barrier because sometimes the, the staff being distracted by certain things, you know, can cause a lot of problems. So, mm. and also that courts burnout because, uh, and I suppose it causes a, a negative environment because, um, they're working in something and they're constantly being disrupted by phone calls coming in, then that's going to cause particular issues. So we set key times with clients that, you know, we communicate on things and we make them very aware that that's the case. If it's an emergency, there's a process for that. Don't, you know, not saying that we don't deal with them, but it's, there's a process for it. So again, they get dealt with in the right manner. Um, but I think come back to it is, is this culture of fast paced environments. I think, is we've developed it. We've mm-hmm. developed this fast paced thing. Like, I think it's wrong to think, you know, I think we should take, take a step back sometimes and just, why do we have to be so fast paced? You know, yeah. nothing's that urgent. Um, and I think it's being transparent with clients and saying, you know, if we're going to build something right, then here's an agile plan. Like let's, let's, let's build this builds different bits. You can see that things are happening. Um, you can touch it, you can feel it, but it's not the end result. Don't worry, but we're continuously working towards that. And no, we're not going to build you in a week. Like why, why do we cram in such amount of work that isn't possible sometimes to do in a week? And, you know, I think it's, it comes ultimately down to leadership of these companies. They've created this fast pace workplace which it, it's it's false it's a false in, i think it's a false thing i think it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be about fast paced and if you're going to accept clients on for wanting things done very quickly you've got to ask the question why like push mm, back onto the absolutely. client and say 
why do you need it so urgently? And okay, is it is it more about getting it done in a week, or actually is it about getting it done right? Like, what's going to cost you more money in the end is actually doing it wrong and having to redo it, or try a different supplier, try a different supplier, hop around. You think actually, if you just spent the time of working towards a, a reasonable goal, but but actually building something that's correct, it's going to cost you far less, but it's going to be far far much more, you know, a better product or a, a better result. Of course, absolutely. So do you think burnout is something only experienced in the marketing agency arena? Or do you think this is widespread issue that affects a number of sectors? Massively widespread. Um, I'll give you two. Exa- I'll give you two examples. Um, a good friend of mine, um, again, won't say who and what for, but he was a he worked in youth work for a particular organisation, and um, I think it's I think he experienced burnout because he was expected to do so much. Um, I appreciate it was quite a it's a it's a it's all about people, you know. It's all about young people. And um, I, I think it was quite sad to see um, because this particular organization really pushes themselves for, and I wish I say their business is people business. Um, um, it's all about <laughs> helping people, you know, in, and um, uh, like I say, a really good friend of mine, he, he was just demanded upon all hours by the leadership of, of this organization. And, um, that's all he knew, I suppose, in his life. He doesn't do it now as such. He's in a is a completely different um, sector, or should I say? Um, but he had spent twenty years of his life in this particular type of organisations, helping youth. And um, this particular scenario, I saw him be, I, I think, abused. Definitely abused. He didn't see it, um, which is quite sad because he's he's one of those that lives lives his life on his arm sort of thing you know his heart is on his arm and people could see that I think and he was really good for the young people helping them with our array of problems you know this guy had so much experience of supporting people working with parents on different issues you know helping uh, genuinely a guy that would help you know if, if he if he was asked to lay on a on a on a track to save someone, he would sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? He's that type of guy. Mm. And I think um, he really experienced that burnout and, and just hit like a real big low in life because he'd just been abused, massively, massively abused. And he, I think when he realized it, he just went meltdown. Like he, he got, you know, he, he, he wanted to sit in a, you know, in a room, didn't really want to get out. You know, he's a real sociable person, didn't want to see really friends or family much. And again, I think it comes down to the break of trust, you know, and, you know, that's quite sad to see. So, you know, that was uh, one scenario. And another is, um, again, another friend. Um, he's an engineer, um, works for a startup, uh, not in a creative industry. It's He's, he's an actual engineer. Um, uh, and he's designing particular products, and I think it was quite appalling. It was it was actually a couple of weeks ago where I was trying to arrange you know a, a friend's uh, meet up with you know a couple of us meet up for a, for a meal, and he was like, "Oh, I'm really sorry, actually. Um, I've actually just done a seventy two hour shift. 
And I went, sorry, <laughs> what do you mean? I said, oh, I've just been at work for 72 hours. And I was like, oh, gosh, I said, what? Like, how is that even right? And anyway, long story short, you know, we won't go into too much detail, the back and forward conversation, but it was very transparent. But he said, um, unfortunately, he signed a documentation at the start that he would work any hour to get the project done. And I, I kind of wow. went back. I just went back, Liz, and I just went back to him and just said, how is that right? You know, the guy doesn't get paid overtime, you know, salaried. So the startup is clearly, I don't know their financials, but clearly cashing in something on these big projects. And if that's what you demand upon your staff, then gee, like where's the check-in? Because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't sound that they're being checked in with. It doesn't sound that being incentivized, like, don't worry, we've got you back. So if you get this done, like, you know, take take five days off, you know, expenses pay for, you know, you and your your family, because he's got a young family, get away for a you know, a period of time, you know, don't worry about it, but really appreciate if you can just help us here. You know, there was none of that. It was like, not that that's right to do but there was no two-way communication it was just expected because he had signed a piece of documentation um yeah again another character that would want to do whatever is best um to to get the end result um and a person also that was very transparent about um well it's really good dean because I get experience to a lot of different things, you know, being in a startup, I get to experience, you know, multi, you know, multi skills. I get trained in different things because, you know, it's such a small team. So we all wear multiple hats, which I can definitely relate to. Um, but then I think it was that whole side of it where I've been the other side of it and gone, actually, that's okay to be multi, multi skilled and be trained and have all this exposure. But then at what cost? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And what else is being affected? That's the yeah. big question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, what else are you missing out on your family? I think what's more important is, and I think that's quite sad that, you know, he's felt pressured to to be there at those sorts of hours. I think, um, and no joke, you know, I was like, nah, you, you know, pulling my leg. And he's like, nah, genuinely, I've been sat in the office for this long. <laughs> I was just like, Gosh. I literally was, I was hysterical in laughter, but also like, Dude, like <laughs> this isn't right. You shouldn't. How how is that a legal and b possible? Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, bless him. I hope he. I hope he does. You know, I hope it does settle down as a startup, and I hope he does get rewarded in many manners for his hard work. But then I hope it's not a common thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So to answer your question, I don't think it is just in creative marketing uh, and industry. I think it's, I think it's abroad. I think it is abroad and uh, like a broad number of uh, organisations. Um, I just think it's quite popular in the creative sector. Um, mm, yeah, but, but that's a, probably a different reason, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the digital marketing industry itself is becoming highly saturated. I'm sure you know this as well mm. and continues to grow at an astonishing rate compared to any other sector. In fact, it was revealed that the UK's creative sector are growing at double the rate of the UK economy yeah. with marketing leading this growth. So it really is something that that is very much saturated in, in the marketing realm, I think, especially in creative sector. How do you feel that the sector needs to adapt in order to continue thriving at this kind of rate? Oh, short answer, innovate or die. 
Um, but, <laughs> you know, that's quite a common thing that is a, splattered across all our different creative industry rules, uh, uh, industry walls. But um, I, I mean, going into that a bit more deeply, I think it's, we need to become more creative. I think we need to think about what we're doing, go back to the purpose, go back to values, go back to our our core beliefs as a company, as a, as this organism that's, you know, that, that lives and breathes, what are we, what am I building? You know, what are other industry leaders building? And, uh, and come back to the point of people at the end of the day, we, we are people and we work with people and we, we work with our clients, which are ultimately people. And I think it's just going back to the basics sometimes of saying, <laughs> how can we help? What can we do? And I think it's yeah. going back to that real, real basics of understanding who we are, what we want to achieve, and actually working together on on creating solutions, uh, whatever that may be. You know, um, but there's other things like you know we need to get to know our people, build relationships with people, like whether that's our staff, whether that's um, whether it's our clients, you know, other industry leaders. You know, we really need to just create more relationships. And what that means is we need to meet people and discuss and talk openly about things um, and work together. Like Because I think, again, the a lot of big agencies, which I don't understand their model, I really don't. I think as, especially in our industry, you know, like I say, in the marketing industry, as I say, it's growing. But there's these these big agencies that have hundreds of people. And I'm thinking, wow. like what if they've just scaled the issues that i experienced especially across working for multiple agencies then i'm worried because again are they blindsided by again just having pool tables bean bags yeah do they really know who works within their company um yeah do you know do they have discussions about that openly um you know when i was in management i think geez, 15 members of staff is actually is a good number of people. And I think sometimes I would struggle with 15. I'm thinking, you know, I think that was my limit pretty much. I think, wow, think of the tiered structures that they just, these organizations create. I'm thinking, why, why do we need to be a big agency? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not about being a big agency. What I am about is being a successful company that, that is enjoy to be worked, you know, people to enjoy to work for, but also work with, you know, it's not a separate thing. Like I yeah. want to, I just, you know, want to know the people I work with and what we do and, you know, whether it's, you know, someone on the team wants to go do experience that. I want to know that because I want to be an enabler to their, their vision. So yeah. at the end of the day, if they achieve their goals, then a happier member of staff is going to, achieve bigger goals in in the company it does it, yeah, it's, it's, it's clear fact it's a clear fact i was thinking if i was just appreciated when i worked for other people i would work harder because i knew i was appreciated and actually they understood me and what what i was motivated by and and helped me it wasn't that whole like you know one-way transaction it was very it's got to be very fluid and it's got to be very two-way conversation um absolutely there's got to be a lot of transparency and oh yeah I, I think it's quite sad that this this industry is tarnished with a lot of bad things because you know it's 
it's it, it's labeled a creative sector and and i think actually sometimes we're not that creative <laughs> i think we don't we don't think actually about about this this thing we're growing we're not creative with our own thing and i think that's that's quite that's quite alarming in itself i think that's quite also quite sad because again like what are we just copycatting other other companies because it looks good and it makes good money like what what that's that's a bit that's a bit again very tunnel uh, visioned you know i think actually create something that's fun and enjoyable and very you know fluid so why is it we have to work these hours why is it we have to question everything you know like you know well let's get creative about our own work environment again like absolutely ask more why <laughs> i think that's the ultimate thing i think that is it like us leaders or even employees should push back and go why you know in the right manner don't don't jump up to leadership and go why can we why do we do this you know i'm sure that would create some pretty interesting uh, discussions but uh, but genuinely in the right way i think it is should be if why do we do what we do and i think it is and, and why do we do it this way and i think actually that will start to create conversations and new ways of working and you know, is there a blueprint to working in a creative sector? No, I, I think if you start creating this one-way fits all approach, is the problem. And I think that is, I think the answer is, is you've got to be very fluid and work with your team or the people around you to create something that continues to grow. You know, you know, people come and go. That is life. You know, in your own life, people come and go. So, why is it we're so heartbroken and angered when people come and go in your own organization i think it should be very the other opposite of like wow like fantastic you're you're going to other pastures like how can we help the transition like it's very negative it's it's very you know hr will deal with this and it's here's the paperwork and go sit in a room because we don't want you to hear about what's going on in the workforce for the next you know month or three months whatever your notice period is i think gosh like when yeah. do we when do we become so cold <laughs> yeah so transactional yeah absolutely yeah no I think you've really hit the nail on the head there Dean I really do and I think we've definitely covered some interesting uh conversations about specifically the <laughs> agency and burnout so maybe that'll give people some food for thought but I can agree more I think it's about innovation and asking why we do things um and it's true mm. there is there is no blueprint for culture um but so many organizations and i think it's easily done when you're a startup you try and replicate those that are more successful than you yeah. but it's just simply not going to work in the long term i think that's what's really important but yeah. thank you so much for joining me today dean it's been a pleasure to talk to you no worries actually it's been really fun and i hope people do do actually get something from it and you know uh, i'm really interested to hear more about this in the podcast of what other people talk about and their experiences brilliant thank you have a good day you too you've been listening to make it thrive the company culture podcast with me your host lizzie benton if you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture don't forget to subscribe Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.